Welcome to another Giant Sisters podcast with Joe Brothers. Today I'm here with Janine Crossan. She's CEO and founder of Flossie and NZ Girl, director and trustee of Simplicity KiwiSaver. Janine is winner of the 2016 Most Inspiring Individual at New Zealand Innovation Awards, and she's a digital entrepreneur specializing in predicting, understanding, and developing technologies to underpin the evolving consumer behavior. Welcome, Janine. Hi, thanks. Hi. So, um, you and I have sort of crossed paths a few times in the last um, 20 years or so in the digital space. But I'd really love to understand in terms of your, you know, life and career path and the power of intention. So how much did you design your career and how much did it just evolve? It's a shame they can't see my face right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The laughter of intent. Yes. Yeah. No, and it's fair to say when you're in this kind of space, there's never been any really big mm. picture path because none of us really knew yeah. where it was going to go to. Mm. So, no, when I started out um, back in 1999 uh, in my own first digital business, yeah. and I had been in the industry for a couple of years at that stage, um, other than wanting to make a lot of money... Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. good intention. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, that was about the extent of it. Okay. Um, I have done a lot of following my nose since then. So you started NZ Girl in 1999, which was New Zealand's largest online publication for women. What inspired you to start that? Yeah, well, back in the day, uh, there was a TV program called ASB um, Business, which was a morning program. Mm. I used to watch that before um, becoming traffic into the city. Yeah. Back in the days when traffic wasn't really traffic. Yeah. And I, I remember seeing something on there about the internet and how this thing that at that stage was really a brochureware more yeah. than anything else. Um, True. Occasional bit of chat forums. Mm. But, uh, it wasn't anything else lifestyle-y. And that the, the teenagers were making it their own. Mm. How dare they? It's yeah. like everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Take over. Uh, and this was particularly about a, um, a company in the USA that had received some phenomenal amount of money right. funding, as, as it was happening at that stage, yeah. pre Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, we sort of looked and I went, that's really interesting. I wonder what's happening in that space in New Zealand. Mm. And because I worked for a web development company at the time, yeah. I accessed quite a lot of data. And um, sorry, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> went and looked at data and said, oh, well, you know, um, actually no one's really doing anything yet actually yeah. they're coming into the online space um, more than any other age group right and, and so that's where it's, that's where the gem of the idea started yeah uh, and from there it evolved into content and mm. it was actually about putting myself into the shoes of being a teenager I wasn't that far off at that point if you know, so I was yeah 20 yeah <laughs> it's a big move for a 20 year old yeah, and I was kind of that kid, you know, yeah. and it didn't, it didn't necessarily phase me the idea of doing yeah. something that nobody had ever done before. And it's never really phased me, yeah. you know, the whole making up as I go along. Yeah. It's always been something that I felt mm. quite comfortable in. Uh, but I came up with a business plan, and yeah. it's not like I've never written a business plan before. I mean, I've never sat in an exam in my life. I yeah. um, left school at 16, I've done a completely non-linear path. Yes. Um, and... Um, you know, wasn't Google, would have been whatever it was, Alta Vista. Alta Vista, <laughs> ask Jeeves. Yeah, probably. Ask Jeeves, how do I create a business plan? Yeah. And then probably followed the template. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. And then presented it to my mum and dad. Oh, well done, yeah. <laughs> um, and Nigel Varco, if you remember Nigel. Yeah, um, I do, yeah. He was my boss at Webmasters. And um, mum and dad just sort of looked at me with blank faces. A little mm. bit how they still do currently when yeah. I talk about the business, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Nigel went, I, I think you should just, just go and give it a crack. Yeah. And so I did. Great. Yeah. 
And 20 years with us. 20 years, wow, <laughs> incredible. And then that, um, a new business, Flossie, came along. Well, lots of other things came in between there. Uh, we had uh, NZ Girl lived a whole variety of different lives. Yes. It's, you know, it's been a retail store, it's been a yeah, masthead right. ad network. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, had all sorts of um, iterations over the years. Yeah. Um, I also had a company called 18 Limited, which was a youth research agency, and we sold that to Research International in 2006. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, I had a company called Actual Mail, which we merged with another company in Australia. Well done. Yeah, so lots of little things. Uh, so Flossie is, uh, as an overall pro- project, <laughs> mm. seven years old, um, oh. but in its current iteration it is um, nearly four yeah yeah and can you de- can you describe what flossy is to sure you? I can it, it, so basically manifests as a customer uh, consumer app yeah um, here in beauty booking app so a really simple way to be able to within seconds book your appointments with be it the same place you go to again and again or somewhere new time up to you all in real time mm. it's a two-sided marketplace with a two-sided piece of technology the other side acts as a smart payment service for an industry that's suffering from no-shows, suffering right. from a changing consumer that's no longer booking six weeks in advance and yeah. most often than not cancelling at the last minute. Wow. So we bring them a paid-up customer that doesn't cancel. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it's, it's a really interesting business and I um, wholeheartedly do love what we've created, mm. um, but um, it's certainly been one of the more stressful periods of time I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and in talking about um, your most stressful periods of life, um, I was telling Janine that um, I came across her a really amazing article that she released last week on Medium, um, success spelled S U C K S E S S. Success. Yes, and um, with um, an image of I'm broken, with an emphasis on the okay, I guess, and the other word of the broken. Do you mind just talking us through a bit of that, how it came about that you wrote it and, and sort of in essence what you were going through at that time? Mm. It's funny because I actually haven't verbalised it as you yeah. and I haven't told anyone out loud what it is that I wrote. Right. I've, anytime I've, You've written written it. It, I've written it and yeah. I've, I've sent it to people and I've said, can yeah. you please read this? And mm. I made a point of sending it to my parents and my best friends and yes. my, all my close people around me and said, look, this is going to be mm. um, this is gonna be hard to read and I'm really sorry in advance and let's talk about it afterwards. Um, and I had to sit my nearly 16-year-old stepdaughter down mm. and get her to read it and, then, wow. and watch her face mm. crumple into heartbreak, which was probably one of the worst parenting moments I've ever had. I knew it was yeah. the right thing to do, but yes. it still sucked. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. And I haven't been quite brave enough to do it with the other two yet, but they're a bit younger, so I'm going to poke a bit more time. Yeah. But but essentially, uh, I, I wrote a blog about, or an article, it's, it's, it started off actually being a chapter of the book that I'm planning on writing, and yeah. then I had read an article from um, a founder in the US called Emily Best, uh, mm. entitled... Um, how raising two million dollars in seed funding really went. Right. And I read that and mm. it was utterly related to it. It was very truthful about the highs and the lows and the horrific nature of raising capital. Yeah. Then I realised that it needed out of me and it needed out now. Mm. And so waiting until I finished writing a book and making it perfect was not going to be yeah. cathartic enough in that moment. Mm. <laughs> I had a desire to overshare 
yeah. and as soon as humanly possible. And, and so in the space of time from reading her article to publishing was about now. Wow. Because uh, I had written the, the guts of, of that. I yeah. actually spent that previous weekend writing it. And yeah. I, I thought it was too morose. That's yeah. why I didn't actually necessarily want... To, I wasn't sure what to do with it because mm. I didn't really want to write a book that just made people feel depressed. Sure, yeah, <laughs> I understand. You wanted liberation for you and for others in this situation. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I, and so her, her article gave me, I guess, some framework, which was mm. my title would be uh, How Raising $5.5 million Over 12 Rounds of Funding wow. um, Nearly Killed Me. Mm. And um, that, that title itself pretty much sums it up quite nicely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then the, the ensuing story of you know, finding myself um, lying on my bathroom floor, lining up the sleeping pills in the bottle of vodka. Um, and in uh, the process I went through it. And so when I, when I wrote it, the... I had to get really, really honest with myself about mm. all the emotions that I had felt. Yeah. It's really easy to glean over stuff. Yes. Because that's what we're taught to do. Yeah. We're and, taught to glean. And write, and write abstractively rather than in the emotional centre. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like I'm a talk writer in any way, shape or form. You know, you can tell from my grammar and my mild dyslexia bits I miss and to come back and I need a sub editor. It's the story and the energy, I always believe, that's most important. Yeah. And I had already sort of settled on the fact that I wanted to have, I guess, a confessional tone to it. I yes. wanted it to be really brutally frank. I wanted mm. to be someone who could pick up be that they're in business or not in business and equally there's something in there that they could potentially relate to. Yeah. And I guess I've found over this last week subsequently that that has been the way that people have related to it. So yeah. good little yeah. acid test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give the book some idea of going forward. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so the, um, the background for um, the, our listeners that perhaps haven't read the um, blog post as yet, and we will link it in the details below, but do you mind just giving them a bit of a quick overview yeah sure so so I wanted to write about uh, I guess that moment where I found myself post the trauma of the last couple of years and yeah. because in a business like Flossy we have taken a path of raising capital mm -hmm. in order to fund our business and our growth yes now I guess there's two paths that you can take with business right you mm -hmm. can take a path of not raising money and aiming for profitability as soon as, soon as humanly yes, possible yes yes um, or you can look to create a business that's all about growth and, you know, this idea yeah. of creating these enormous businesses, which is not necessarily likely, yeah. <laughs> but it's the trend. Yes. Um, and it's something I've always wanted to do, and I feel very strongly about Flossie being a scalable global opportunity. Yes. Um, and, and I feel that, that not based on my own viewpoint, but, you know, yeah. I spent a lot of time on the market, mm. around the world, meeting lots of people. <coughs> um, Absolutely. And, and coming back and knowing that we've got the goods. Mm. So I feel, feel very um, very strongly about what we have here and what mm. we've created and I'm very proud of that technology. It's, yes. a, it's a work of art in many ways. But, you know, it's not an easy process raising money, no. um, especially if you're a female founder with a female-centric product mm. and you're doing it from New Zealand. Yes. Um, we, we don't have a particularly um, a mature capital-raising structure in New Zealand. We've got you yeah. know, a lot of people who are like angel, quasi-angel yes. investors and yes. you know, they don't mind throwing 20 or 50 grand in here and there. And lots of people with great intent mm. um, and I think that's wonderful for us to have. Yes. What we, we, we lack is probably a lot of structure yeah. of helping businesses understand what is, the, what is the path that they should take in order to get to those next mm. steps of funding yeah. because it does dry up on this marketplace. You know, mm. Those guys have a certain... And I say guys because largely they are. They are, yeah. Um, is that they they have a, a limit they'll, they'll do once and they're out you know that, it's right. the, that has nothing to do with you it's everything to do with the fact that they only put something in once and then they, yes. they move on, move on yeah. 
And so I guess the, the, the synopsis that I had of experience over the last few years, the highs and lows of raising cash in order to grow a business that's been growing at 800% mm. a year. Wow. Um, and, and coming very, very close to running out of cash a couple of times, in spite of the fact that it has met every milestone, that mm. it has just killed every projection and continuously yeah. just blown all things out of the water. People go, looks great. That not for me. Um, right. And you just yeah. sort of spend hours and hours and hours, hundreds and hundreds and hours, probably mm. more thousands, um, of hearing no and mm. feeling that you're, you know, I've talked about this idea of going through A to Z via every letter in the yeah. alphabet. Mm. <laughs> I'm always, you know, alongside this, I'm always standing on stages and doing yeah. speeches and all the rest of it, and I'm going to keep it up and what you should do is, and yada, yada, yes. yada. And then kind of get into this moment in time where I realised that none of what I was doing was actually working. Right, yeah. And I, I guess I became broken over a period of time mm. of not feeling um, that I was I could do it, that I had what was required. And I never felt that way. I had resilience in mm. spades. Um, but the realisation that resilience is built on self-belief and when self-belief gets enough hammering, mm. you know, it, it can actually disappear on you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and knowing you as a person, you would have put 150% into <sighs> everything. So putting that in consistently and not seeing the return would have been... Demoralising. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and hindsight, I call it thirty twenty. Everyone calls it yeah. twenty twenty. Actually, there's a way more critique you put on hindsight. Yes. <laughs> right. And uh, and the reality is, I can look back on it and I can pinpoint a whole variety of things that we could have done better and smarter mm. and perhaps got further down the path. Right. But that's just the reality of making it up as you go along. Absolutely. There is no blueprint. You are mm. doing the best you can with what you've got. Mm. Um, does it mean I could have listened better at times? Probably. Does it mean that I could have stopped and s- s- smelled the roses for a bit longer at other points? Absolutely. Mm. Had I, I wish I had sought out different pieces of advice from different people and got different people around me, perhaps who had different perspectives. Unequivocally, those things yes. would have helped. But um, I have what I have and got where I've got mm. with what we had. Absolutely, <laughs> you absolutely. And um, unfortunately, all those things, and in amongst that, I had had a massive personal toll. Mm. Uh, I'd had years of IVF, um, mm. I've got severe endometriosis, oh. and I had had one operation after the other, after the other. You know, my appendix out had my oh, bladder yeah. operated on and it was just huge amount yeah huge amount your body's normal. taking the toll of all of the stress absolutely yes. uh, and all sorts of alternative therapies I, I right. remember lying on the acupuncturist bed mm. and him saying in his quite broken English your chi is no good no <laughs> which means no energy right no and energy like, flow oh, you basically oh, I'm broken and I think that was pretty much the, the worst thing that Neil could have ever told me in that oh, moment yeah. I was just bawling my eyes out I've like, broken my chi oh. I don't know how to fix the chi yeah <laughs> it kind of feels like a little bit out of my control yes yeah so uh, I'm not even sure how else to say to, to, to gather the synopsis, of which is the, the, basically the blog I wrote was a story of, of that mm. and what that was like for me and hitting that rock bottom mm. um, and realising that perhaps that, you know, the rock bottom had a trap door. Yes, <laughs> and maybe it was a little nice. bit further yeah. to go down. Um, and then actually inevitably from there there's to, only one way to go. That's up. That's great. Exactly. So when did the moment um, come where you were in the bathroom? Was that... A couple of months back now. Yeah. Um, and 
I um, have been through a lot since then. You know, there was a, a moment of clarity of I needed to make some major change. And uh, Scotty and I have a, his, my husband have a um, a saying in our relationship: I would rather yes. be happy than right. Yeah, we do too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's just one of those things you learn with age, right? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Or by third marriage. Um, <laughs> and that had been about uh, that same synopsis I'd taken into the business. That I had mm. a very clear view as to how we should build this. And actually, maybe I wasn't right. And maybe mm. I needed to accept the fact that that strategy wasn't going to fly. Mm. Even if I felt in my bones that it was the right thing to do. Yeah. I wasn't getting support for it mm. from a funding point of view. So I had to figure out how else to get the funding. Mm. Um, and that required an entire disruption of the business. So I, I had to actually just go in and rip it apart. Right. Which was incredibly difficult to do when I had the most extraordinary team of people mm. who had put their life and sweat, blood and tears into this thing. And I had to strip three quarters of them out of it. Because mm. I just needed to go, we're going to run our own two feet. We can't not rely on funding anymore. Yeah. So, right, New Zealand needs to be profitable from now. Australia needs to be profitable within a year. We've got enough money to get us through to that. Yeah. And if we want to go on the other markets, that's where new money comes from. And the whole thing needs to be wiped out. And so as I went through that process of doing that, I started to make space for myself. Mm. That's great. Mm. And that's what I've had to, had to do, is try to figure out how to make space for, yeah. for me to separate Janine from Flossie. That's that, that's my next question. So, so what what tools have you found or methods um, that are helping you reconnect to your chi and the balance and probably reclaiming some of your personal time? I'm imagining and space back. Yeah, well, and to be honest, I I, I don't know all the answers yet. All I know yeah. is that um, hitting rock bottom was a catalyst for doing so. Mm. Um, and the, the Janine of old would have gone right. I'm going to and then written a list of all the things I'm going to do. I did start writing because I, I, I love writing. I yeah. mean, you probably see that in my writing, mm. I really enjoy it. Um, and I started writing when I realised that they weren't goals that I was writing down, they were feelings, they were things that, of how I wanted to feel again. Yes. Um, and so it was less about get fit, you know, run a half marathon, you know, mm. do yoga three times a week, yada yada, which is what I would have done in the past. Mm. I actually went, I'm going to take all the pressure off I can mm-hmm. and I'm going to let that sit for a while. I'm mm. going to create a space around me. And that means I should be protective of that, that space and Absolutely. not let everybody else try and fill it. And yeah. you know, for Scotty, it's like, I'm sorry, that doesn't mean I'm picking the kids up from school every day, sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was really easy for him to go, oh, well, now that you're not, can you? Yes. Uh, no, <clears throat> because I want to go walking on the beach in the afternoons um, mm. uh, with the dog. Yeah. And I want to sleep in in the morning and not get up at five in the morning anymore. Mm. Um, whatever days I want to. Mm. Just for a while. I'm sure this will move again. Yeah. And, but right now, I, I want to mm. make the space I can so I don't rush Hmm. You rushing the door now is actually not that often. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting better at uh, not rushing. Yeah. And avoiding spending two and a half hours a day in traffic. And yeah, absolutely. Mm. Just the things that have been adding extra pressure to myself mm. that just need to come off. Yeah, that's. I really like what you said, especially about the how you want to feel and the words rather than tasks or goals in the traditional sense. I mean, it's such a chick thing to do, right? right? I reckon I've probably had at least 100 calls where you should try yoga in the last week. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the sentiment. I've, I have tried yoga lots, and I like to breathe. I think it's yeah. quite essential. Mm. I don't know if it's necessarily exactly what I need to be doing. Yeah. I just, I just need to get down on my floor and stretch in the morning and mm. stretch at night and take a moment to breathe. Yes. And then maybe I'll go do some yoga. <laughs> Absolutely. 
I want to thank you for being so you know honest and open and sharing this with us um, and our listeners and you know for sharing it um, because I know that um, a lot of this will help a lot of people mm. and they be pre-identified that they could be in a similar situation and maybe not as extreme as you and maybe other people are in exactly the same situation and mm. I know you shared with me that you've received um, fabulous feedback from all around the world yeah and frightening feedback you know mm. like Fabulous in the sense that it's cathartic to know they're not alone, but yeah. frightening in the sense that, wow, there's a lot of lonely there's people. A lo- right, yeah. A lot of lonely people, and some of them made me cry. I was just like, oh, mm. wow, this is sad. Like, you've been feeling like that for how long, mate? Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Mm. Which I'm sure how I made lots of other people feel in what I had written. Right. Um, but I guess it's it's been very raw, mm. uh, and it's not something you do for fun. You no. Know, you don't do it for self-promotion because no. you want to hear yourself on the radio or anything you, you, no. you, do, you do it because well I didn't actually necessarily know it for a while other than the fact that I knew that I needed it out yeah. and by doing so it was holding myself accountable mm. I was letting go of a way that I had done something yes um, and I actually feel a little bit like I've shed a skin yeah yeah, well, so, which means I'm a little bit new yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> probably keep me out of the sun for a while yeah but. yeah <laughs> And I um I usually ask what challenges have you experienced that have shaped you as a person the most. I think we've just we've just done that one. Um, if you had a message that you'd like to share with all women, what would that one message be? It could be personal, career, it could be both. You know, it's it's funny when I became a stepmom, I realised that martyrdom was something that mothers did really well. Right. You know, we do this whole I must be. Mm-hmm. And I've got lots of friends that fall into that category. You know, they perfect underwear drawers and amongst everything else I'm like really oh. geez you see my wardrobe is horrific yeah um <laughs> take that pressure off yourself but a lot of it's about control right, right. it's about how do I mm. how do I handle the chaos in my world and yeah. this is the way in which I can do it mm. um and I had I think I thought I was quite special because I knew it and I could see it and I could go oh, I know how not to do that do it. my wardrobe is mess you know yeah right um but actually I've been guilty of being that in my own business right. and being the martyr and as, as Ben Keeps had pointed out the, the superhero that everyone expected you to be mm. and actually um, I guess I actually wanted to speak more truth mm. someone sent me an email yesterday saying that he'd been in a meeting um, and the founder was pitched and the founder had been asked what's the key risk within this business because you always get asked yeah. that question and usually it's like a job interview you know, right, tell us yeah. your, your biggest weakness yeah. anyway, well I'm a perfectionist yeah. <laughs> I like to say yes to everything yeah exactly and this, this person actually said um, my mental health wow and keeping healthy mm. and, and I thought wow how brave and mm. we talk about bravery and the whole mm. giving up a paycheck and doing something that you don't know done before actually being honest about that journey and telling other people about mm. exactly how crap it can be, as mm. much as you might feel like you're putting too much out there and it might put some people off, I think it'll attract you attract to the right people. Mm. Because Absolutely. actually the people who want you to be perfect mm. probably aren't right for you. Absolutely, mm. yeah. It's been a hard lesson to <laughs> Well, that's good, though. That is wonderful advice. Um, do you have any new projects or innovations on the boil? I I think you've mentioned a book a few times. Is that yeah? And I'm I'm refusing to put a deadline or even a no. particular genre on it yet. Absolutely, <laughs> it was going to be called success. Yeah, it may it still be. You never yeah, know. Um, it has an energy in the life of its own. It will tell you, right? Yeah, it, it, and I just all I want to do at the moment is keep writing until I sort of feel mm. that I've found something. 
mm-hmm. um, that I want to write more about, and I don't know whether that necessarily has to take the shape of a book. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't I'm not particularly traditionalist. I can do it. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote a children's book last year. I really enjoyed that. So yeah, um, it's part of me that kind of likes to do that again. I've written some short ten children's books as well. Yeah, that's funny. Imagination, fantasy, I love it. Yeah, oh, fantasy book. Maybe I could write a romantic. Novel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Probably members. Um, but uh, directorships, couple of directorships. Yeah. Philosophy um, obviously will still be um, my main uh, project. But it's shifting from being um, operational founder to strategic founder. And yeah. that's how I'm seeing this kind of pre-40, post-40 Janine is mm. moving from being really hands-on founder mm. to actually strategic thinker. Yes. Thinking more of a helicopter view of what I do and how can yeah. I add value. And Great. at the moment, I'm at discussion point. Yeah. Bring people together for discussions and see if I can nice. figure out from there what I can add value on. That's good. That sounds, like, that sounds good. Mm. Um, so as you reflect on New Zealand's 125-year anniversary for suffrage, mm. what's your thoughts on the status quo here in New Zealand and around the world for the opportunities of girls and women? Gosh. You know, I, I kind of go like this on it. Up and down, like, right? Yeah, there was something I was listening to this morning, and it's like, you know, what? How many men and no women are involved? I can't remember it was, I was horrified. Yeah. Um, I don't, it's really interesting. Sometimes I feel like we've moved so far forward and other times I just go, God, I've got so, so far to go yet. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still think the opportunities that exist are for people who are willing to put themselves out there. Yes. No matter your gender. Yeah. And, and I've always kind mm-hmm. of had this view of I don't necessarily want to get into gender-specific things. That's why mm-hmm. I didn't really get into all the, the specific women's mm-hmm. clubs because I kind of go, no, I just want to be amongst everything doing it. Yeah. And I happen to be a woman doing it. Yes. Um, and I guess that what I what I tell our girls is the opportunities are only as um, small as of what they want them to be. Their, mm. their, their life can be as as broad as mm. they would like them. Um, it's whether they want them to be, mm. and how can they how can they figure out how to find happiness through that? Mm. I worry for the next generation. I mean, there's so much yeah. pressure on them mm. to be a, a certain way. Mm. Um, I, it's a terrible answer. I, I actually I don't know. Honestly, I don't, I don't know what it all looks like. All I, I know that it's going to be more pressure than it is now. I think that's a. I think it's a very good answer and a very honest answer. And I think you're right. We don't know what it's going to look like, and all we can do is live in the, each moment every day and do the best we can. Right. Yeah. And um, teach teach our girls to be okay with who they are as individuals. Yes, absolutely. And embrace things that are in front of them like the way we talk to our um, I've got three stepdaughters and they're nearly 12, 14, 16 is I don't, I don't really care what they do I want them to sample everything that the world has yeah. to offer mm. um, you know don't paint themselves into a corner go and see it all mm. try it all smell it all touch it all taste it all mm. all the rest of it but be kind yes. and be accountable mm. um, and I guess leave things better than you found them Absolutely. And actually, they're kind of the hardest lessons, right? Because teaching mm. a teenager to find something better than they found it is yeah, right. quite hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we plug away. Yeah. <laughs> and hope that one day it'll sink in and they'll go, oh, right, that's what you meant. <laughs> I think that's really good advice. 
Mm. Now, one last question, Janine. If you could go back in a time machine and tell your twenty-year-old uh, self something, what would be just one thing you'd say? Don't cancel your um, health insurance in your mid-twenties and change providers because it'll really screw you. <laughs> it's a great piece of advice. <laughs> I'm not covered for endometriosis um, oh, and Southern Cross, which really sucks. Right. Pre-existing symptoms, but there's a whole other um, months of. Uh, yeah, problems, but um, that would be one of them, actually. It would be right at the top. Um, you know, the second one would probably be go offshore mm. as quickly as you can. I didn't come from a family that travelled. You're right. And, uh, you know, just a very middle, low, lower middle class, suburban upbringing, nothing particularly flavoursome about anything in there. The fact that yeah. Dad was quite entrepreneurial. Mm. Uh, he travelled for work, but right. nobody, nobody thought travel for pleasure and right. exploration the experiences and yeah yeah and, and given the way I thought yeah. at 22 the way that my brain worked and I don't blame anything on anyone ever I'm my mm. own person mm. to make my own decisions I'm mm. certainly very headstrong but I wish someone who I really respected had planted the seed in my head go and take this and go to mm. Silicon Valley go <laughs> absolutely yeah I really wish I'd, I'd had that because I mm. had never occurred to me mm. so that's that's probably what I would tell my 20 year old self is don't get married for the love of God. <laughs> and yeah. just would you leave the country already? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you talking to us today. Thanks, Janine. Absolute pleasure.